Hi, this is Andrew. Before we get started on today's show, it would really help us if you could go to wherever you get your podcast from and like and subscribe, and if possible, leave us a five-star review. Thanks. You have to help people and give them the tools to mentally cope with everything. Like, I actually feel really sorry for young people in Ireland because they're growing up in this era where they're like, oh, living wage, cost of living is too much. Oh, we got enough houses for you. And we expect them to go on and try and be successful when they're being told that they can't even get their basic human rights covered accommodation and, a, and, a, and a, a job that pays you to a living wage you have to like equip them well for that because it doesn't matter how many points they get in their exams it doesn't matter if they're not happy and if they're not fulfilled and they're choosing to go down abusing certain substances or whatever it might be or suicide or whatever it might be you know it's you need to equip them because everything else doesn't matter if they're not happy it doesn't matter what else is going on Hi all, it's Kieran here from Let's Listen with Kieran McBreen. I hope you're keeping well. In tonight's episode, we have Surika Coyle, a career and money strategist for teachers. Surika shares with us her journey from teacher in Qatar to entrepreneur, where she unites her teaching expertise, her experience, and her coaching skills to support and guide others to maximize their skill set where they can showcase their strengths. In addition, we discuss the pros and cons of working abroad and how life with a mindset of opportunity can help a vision and ignite motivation for further success. If you're struggling with your CV, Surika is the person on hand. Enjoy the show. Surika Kyle, thank you so much for joining our podcast tonight. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Kieran. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Surik, I asked you on, uh, not only because you're a Calvin lady, but also I think you're doing amazing stuff. I follow your social media and um, you're a massive inspiration to many people out there. Tell us, Surika, where did it start? It all started actually probably when I I was in um, Ireland and I kind of fancied my aunt had lived abroad and I'd always wanted to move abroad. It was kind of the depths of the recession in Ireland. And honestly, that really, really scared me. You probably remembered it back in 2011, I think, towards the end. And I just thought, where can I go somewhere where I can earn good money? I can travel. I can do something new as a teacher because I'd, I'd done my teacher training. Um, and I just decided, you know, what, let's go to Qatar. And I'm sure I pronounced it Qatar or something completely wrong. Um, but because my aunt had lived in the Middle East, I knew it wasn't as scary as people had said, like people had all these preconceptions and misconceptions and which many aren't true. And yeah, just from there, I decided I'm going to go off. And I said to myself, I want to save up for a house. That was like my goal financially. I wanted a new experience. I wanted to be able to go. Like I, you probably can relate if you've taught in the UK. For me, like it was basically the only thing I could really afford was like a trip home at half term, <laughs> just with the, like everything else, the salaries and everything else. And I just wasn't ready. I was back in Ireland a few months teaching at an amazing school in Galway, but I just wasn't ready for that permanent job, you know, that's 20, 24, 25. I wasn't ready to be like, because in Ireland, for those people who aren't Irish, who aren't teachers, when you're in Ireland, you get a permanent job, you stay there forever. There's no moving around and you're like delighted to get it. And that's amazing. But I thought this is not, there has to be something a bit more. I wanted a bit more exploration. I wanted a bit more adventure before I kind of maybe chill out a little bit. Fantastic. And um, like many Irish people, lots of teachers moving to the Middle East. How did you find that experience? I absolutely loved it. I think Qatar was my first stint. I think it was like probably the happiest time of my life. And I always go back and explore and I like think about it in journal and everything else to be like, what made me so happy? I think it was something new. 
it was exciting. I was in a really great school with great staff, a great morale. It was a new school. So it's like, oh, everything was like new and exciting, which I love. I love the like challenge of that. I know some teachers hate something that's not super organized. I'm like, no, I love when it's like mine to mold a little bit. Um, I loved Qatar. I I love the like the culture there. I That's one thing. I love Dubai, but I just felt Qatar, it's a little bit, you more feel like you're living in the Middle East, which I actually loved. I loved that was very, very, felt like it was very, very, you know, Middle East. I just loved, was just exploring. I met, got with the greatest group of friends. We're still friends till now. Um, we're so well looked after. Kids were amazing. I taught many locals, even though our school was probably majority expats. I taught English second language. I formed great relations with them because I had smaller classes, English second language. I was able to go like, like I went to about five different destinations in my first year. You know, it was just amazing. It was just, and I was still saving as well. And there was a whole buzz in the country because uh, they were getting ready for the World Cup. So that was like infectious too, that excitement, that really that feeling like anything is possible. And that's what I love being next pattern abroad. You know, it's like we can build the highest tower. We can build something in the desert. We can host this massive world event, world event that even though our population's tiny, we, it was never... It really was great for self-belief and like, gosh, why not me? Why can't I do this? So that I, I loved. That's such a lovely way of putting it, Sir. And it sounds like a dream job. But my understanding is you're now a career and money strategist coach for teachers. So where did this come about? So how that happened was I I love doing CVs for everyone, even non-teachers. Like I used to do it for friends and family. and I just loved it. I love the challenge of, oh, how does this job to this person it does? How could how, help them get clarity on what they're good at? And when they, you know, take it back and read it, they're like, wow, I didn't realize. I'm like, yeah, you did. It's just you didn't you didn't think it was special because it, it's so normal to you and natural. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I love helping people showcase their gifts. I love helping them find jobs that also suit them personally, professionally and financially. That's a big thing because I think all aspects are important. I could see with the school growing, I thought they're going to need a career guidance teacher because we've got like year, you know, sevens or year whatever it was. I think it was year sevens. Or year eight. So I thought they're going to need it for, like to choose their options in year nine because the British International School in Qatar. I said they're going to need it as well for like later. So I made a proposal and I thought this is you need somebody. I'm here. I'm very interested. And they actually paid for my postgrad certificate in career guidance. Yeah, with a university in the UK. And they sent me back to their mother's school in the UK to see what a career guidance department looked like. Amazing. So I got to do that and I got then to bring it into PSHE. I also had a really fabulously open-minded staff. You know, I hear from some people like, you know, if you're like excited and, you know, enthusiastic, some colleagues are like, God, they're showing us up. Or there was nothing like that in my school in Qatar. Everyone was like, yeah, that's a great idea. So everyone kind of got on board. Um, and so then I started doing career guidance and um, helping students you know, choose their options, helping students uh, choose, you know, with their applications for UCAS, for university in Letters of reference, letters of recommendation for the UK, universities in the UK and US. And I love the career guidance. I had about 50% career guidance on my timetable. And it's something I've always loved. And then after that, then I went back to the UK. I still didn't think too much about it. I went and did my master's in um, English language teaching in King's College. And then back then when I was applying for my second round, I was really like, I, I secured an interview for every job I went for. And then I secured every job bar one out of about 12 jobs. And I thought, okay, there's a strategy here. There's certain things that people are looking for. There's a certain way I've sold myself that really appeals. All truthful, nothing nothing was a liar, anything like that. So I kind of like, 
Mm, this could be something I, I, I could do. And I did it on the side for a while, helping people with their CVs and cover letters. And then I did an executive coaching and mentoring. And I actually went one step further this year and did a firework, which is specifically career coaching uh, on top of my level seven coaching. And then just thought my school actually closed in Dubai and um, was closing for a few years for a revamp. And I thought this is my chance to like go off on my own, leave teaching and set up my own business. And I did. Well, well done. It sounds, sounds a really, uh, fantastic journey that you spent lots of invested lots of time and money because all this stuff doesn't come cheap, you know? So what is it you're doing now? So your people are coming on to you and and getting support to, to move in their own journey and and to develop their own CV and cover letter. Absolutely. So I have sort of, I guess it's probably the journey, I guess, of an expat teacher. So I've got the six figure expat accelerator, which is a career and money coaching. So helping people get the best job they can abroad. Again, suits and personally, professionally, financially, because, you know, it's also important to know like who you are as a person, as a professional and everything else to make sure that you choose the right schools. I help them then if they wish to leave teaching, I help them with the beyond class is where the career change comes in. So again, coaching and doing like a psychometric test that I am um, certified in and just like real of self-exploration, like I'm, I, it's very similar to what you do, like the idea of values, who am I, what makes me happy, where do I want to be, where do I see myself? And then just bringing that all together just to kind of filter down, because it can be overwhelming when people think about, oh, what else could I do? And I, I could give you 10 things you could do, but that's not enough. It's it's so much more than just like, oh, do you know I'll just change into that. There's like a lot that goes into it. Absolutely. I think there's such a, I think maybe since covid so okay, everyone's looking, maybe they've got to rely on something else, another maybe money-making thing that can support them along the way. Um, life in the Middle East is challenging, you know? It's it's not what we see on TV. It's not what the ITV and BBC producers make these shows out to be. I know, I've so seen them. For any of your um, any of our listeners out there, you know, can you can you describe to those who don't know anything about the Middle East, you know, what what the what the real experience is? Um, get up at silly o'clock it's like really early mornings which i get in the past when there was no aircon but i'm not sure why this the schools are still quite early Qatar was even earlier again Qatar we'd been by half six so just to get up so early yeah and um, maybe they've changed it since but you get up really early honestly it isn't amazing i love having the blue sky that's one thing i definitely miss since i've moved home that like blue sky constantly but really i don't didn't do a whole pile during the week because it's pretty intense. You know, it's sort of like anyone being at home, you, you live for the weekends. So early mornings, obviously you've got your school and then you've got usually there's meetings. There's might be inspections, observations, uh, parents um, parent teacher meetings. Um, it's pretty full on, I would say, in comparison, probably not as probably similar to England, probably a lot more full on than when I taught in Ireland. It's very common um, that I hear, Sarika, that uh, teachers who come directly from Ireland to work here are pretty shocked with the expectation. What would you say about that? It is very different in that sense. Um, There's a lot of standardized testing, a lot of like targets, levels that we don't really have in Ireland. I see benefits of both, to be honest. I do, you know, I think it may be over-tested in the UK system. I think, you know, in Ireland, I guess the classes are, used to be that bit smaller. I know our population has increased, so they have gotten bigger. I would say to them, get really familiar with the British national curriculum because it's the most common 
you have American Common Core and other American ones as well. IB is the second most popular. So sort of get familiar with those before you come out. But for sure, it is, yeah, a little bit more intense. Probably a lot of things you have to document, a lot of things like planning is probably done a little bit to a deeper degree. It is a bit different, but just that's why I would always say it can be intense for sure in in abroad, particularly in the UAE, because you've got like things like ADEC and uh, KHDA, which you don't necessarily have in Qatar and other countries, that sort of um, inspection body. So therefore, I probably put a time frame on it for yourself just to give yourself like, oh, maybe I'll do five years and see who I go. Because we always say one year and we all end up being like there for like 10 years. <laughs> we sure do. It's my um, it's my 11th year now and it was a two year plan for me. So I'm hang, <laughs> hanging in there, I think, with the uh, yeah. with the current economic market and the housing pricing um, increase in the last number of years. It's a lot of us are hanging in there, you know. Yeah. Tell me, Sonic, about your clients. What kind of uh, client base would you have and, and what, what is it generally coming with you for and what, what are their pain points? I'd say with the teachers that come to me, I feel a lot of us, to preface, a lot of us, some of us for sure, I have some friends who are like from the get-go, want to be a teacher ever since they were seven, wanted to do this. Myself, I fell into it. I feel like a lot of my clients kind of fell into it. It's like the most, it's not an, it's necessarily an easy option, but it's a very like, you know, the milestones to get to do to become a teacher. So I do think careers might not have been a thing for us, even as a young person. We might just went like, well, I know for me it was an arts degree in teaching. And like, even though I love my arts degree, it really is just delaying. <laughs> what do you want to do with your life? <laughs> you know, because you, you do all these subjects and, you know, unless you want to do teaching, there's, you know, but it's a great basis and all that. Um, but I found that a lot of people, it's kind of a journey themselves. Like, who am I? What makes me happy? What do I value in, in a job? What do I value in a career? What do I, you know, it's really like a lot of, I never thought about this before because I kind of just went, you know, fell into different careers. So that's a, a big part of it. So probably haven't really thought about themselves. Probably a lot have never been to coaching before. Um, a lot are kind of in that probably expat dilemma. Should I stay or should I go? It's that fear as well of like, oh, what's in Ireland? I don't know if I want, or UK or America. I don't want to go back into teaching when I go back there because, you know, you've got a certain lifestyle when you're abroad as a teacher and that I totally get. Um, a lot, again, what there's so many options, but how do I filter them down to what would work best for me? How do I research them? It's like usually a lot of a lot of clarity. And once we get that clarity in the coaching and maybe like at the psychometric test, the Highlands Ability Battery or whatever it might be. Then after that, once they kind of have honed in, you need a bit of time to go and explore them, you know, because you never know just from researching on Google. I recommend you go and who's in your industry, go and, you know, speak to them, use all your contacts you can, you know, your brother's cousin's best friend, whatever, get them. If they work in that industry, go and get, have a conversation with them, even see if you can go in for a few hours, see what it's actually like and see would you actually like it. And then after that, then we kind of would go to the mentoring where I'd help them then. Okay, they're like, yeah, these are one or two options are kind of what I'm going for. Then I would help them with their CV cover letter, their LinkedIn. So it's kind of like coach. It's like a lot of coaching. I think people come to you sometimes a little bit like, oh, you're a career advisor. Tell me what to do. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> There's like a lot of steps that go in before that. Absolutely. And I think everybody wants the answer. You know, people think when they're, they're transferring money to somebody, they're getting an answer. And it's just not as easy as that. And at the end of the day, 
you know, you need to look within, you need to see what, what, what it is you want yourself and, and use your own resources, maximize your own resources. And as teachers, I think there's such a massive skill set there, skills that can be transferred and applied in many, many industries, you know, and I would say the same for people who work in the airline industries, you know, there's such, and bar staff, bar staff are wonderful, they're wonderful communicators, you know, and there's so many more options out there. And what I was saying earlier about, you know, since COVID, People are looking to do different things now because there's so much more available. People are hungry for success. You know, they're inspired by so many people who are doing it. So it's a case of, you know, I hate using the word copying, but I, I, I reframed that and say model, model somebody else. It's not copying, uh, model. Yeah, Look yeah. at somebody, be inspired by them and say, you know, I can do that. And this is what the show is about. It's been inspired by real people, people mm. that you can relate to, you know. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Sarka. If you could identify yeah. three things, three positive things about moving to the Middle East for teachers and three negative things, what would they be? Um, I would say the three positive. Um, I think adventure, for sure. Traveling, so adventure. I would say, I'd say probably resilience as an expat. You definitely move even abroad or with other people, that resilience you develop. And I'd say financial, like if, you know, financial is definitely part of it, I think. Uh, three negatives, I would say, and I'm probably going to be a bit controversial, <laughs> not all of us, but many of us are running away from something when we move abroad and we will always be running from it unless we kind of deal with it at some point. So I think I would look back like, and at the time um, someone said to me, I was like, no. And then I look back into it, you know, after like I was saying to you before coaching and you have to be coached yourself and explore and journal and everything else and do all the exercises and you know, that. In a lot of cases, we aren't maybe running away from something, but it's not going to disappear once you get there. So if it's affecting your life like negatively or, you know, the same patterns are appearing, I'd say definitely don't expect, expect being abroad. And that can actually even be harder. Sorry, I'm. I've gone off on tangent a bit, but people think, you know, if you ever say, oh, I feel a bit sad or I feel this, everyone's like, you're in Dubai, come on. And you're like, I know it looks amazing and it is amazing, but you're still, there's still going to be struggles if you've had struggles back at home. Another negative might be dilemma. Should I stay? Should I go? <laughs> I think everyone's had that. And three, the time seems to go quicker when you're an expat. <laughs> it flies. Very well said. And of course, it's not easy leaving family and friends behind. You know, and I think with Zoom now, it's so, it's so, it's so achievable. You know, and I think from young for young teachers out there, I wouldn't look at it as a whole year. You know, you can be home for Easter, home for Christmas, home for the whole summer if you want. So there's definitely lots of positives. I do think it's a young person's game now. You know, I do think it's, it's, you know, get out when you're young and enjoy it and save as much as you can. And then start really looking serious at your life and seeing where you want to go, you know. Yeah. So I wanted to go back a second, if you don't mind, to, you know, you used the phrase psychometric test for our listeners out there. Can you go into a bit more detail about that? Absolutely. So it's a psychometric test. Um, the one I do, it's like a, an aptitude test. So basically you, there's lots of different ones in the market. Um, they basically are a series of tests. Some are like tests and you're under time conditions. Some are like self-evaluation where you say, you know, where do I rate myself on this or how likely? And basically they give you a great, um, greater insight into you as a person, into your strengths, into talents, into what you're like 
as a, to get on with people, what you're like in the workplace, what you might be like, um, who you might work well with, who maybe types of people you may not work well with. They're a really, really good way to get like a a deeper look. And some of them give you like careers that would suit your combination of strengths. Some don't. Some just say like, you know, if you're this kind of person and it's really interesting when you read back, you're like, oh, that's why I didn't get on with that colleague. Or maybe that's why I had like, you know, because we were like on the opposite end of the circle or the spectrum or something. So they're a really good way to get get to know yourself better. They absolutely are. And I remember when I was doing my leaving cert, mm-hmm. I'll not tell you what year that was. Mm-hmm. And um, we were doing these tests, similar tests to that, I suppose, where you know it was identifying what our skill set are and mm-hmm. um, where we should go. And it was um, there was always a couple that a uh, couple of occupations that was pretty accurate. But then there was always that weird one that was like, no, 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 that's not for me. So the whole idea of these is just to, to give a bit of a foundation. And as you said, to learn a bit about yourself and, you know, if, if it supports you moving forward, wonderful. You know, Circa, mm. so, we're a mental head podcast. And, um, you know, I'd like to touch on this now, if you don't mind. Tell us about you and, you know, how, how you know, what, what you do to support your own mental health and, and potentially any challenges that you experienced. For me, I would say probably the biggest one was when I left teaching probably to go full time my own business. Two things. First of all, leaving that identity as a teacher, it's a very secure, defined identity that a lot of us, you know, that's we just identify ourselves as, as teachers. So to kind of leave that identity, that was one major kind of mental health shift. Um, and then the second one was also not just to go to their job, but actually just to go into a business again you probably know yourself like going into entrepreneurship it's amazing but it's like a roller coaster particularly at the start and there are times of where you're like what am I doing <laughs> what what is it you know go back into teaching or whatever it might be even though I knew it was like no circle you've always wanted to do this and you always said you regret it if you wouldn't do it first of all I love it was like my routine in the morning that was huge I think I was a bit on autopilot as a teacher because we're so busy. Sometimes I just didn't have a time to be think or like ruminate or whatever. But when you're working for yourself on your own, you have lots of time to think whether it's good or bad. So for me, starting off my morning, so I would be into like probably 15 to 30 minutes. I would do something different every day. So I will do my visualization where I'm thinking like, kind of like higher self, like my most successful self. What am I doing this for? Where am I going? What do I, you know, is it anything I do that day? If I give myself three things to do, is that in alignment with who I want to be? Like, will this take me a step closer to this most successful person I want to be? I would do a lot of tapping, EFT, emotional freedom tapping. I do that every, that's usually my Wednesday because I'm all happy at the start of the week. And then by Wednesday, it's a bit like, oh, <laughs> umpty. So that's like, if anyone looks it up, it's brilliant. It's sort of like forgiving yourself or if something's in your mind, just like to say it out loud and to, even if it like might bring on tears, it might but it just gets that frustration out and then it just kind of reaffirms that you're you're still okay, even if you have done things you regret. Um and then I would do I would I do affirmations as well. Uh gratitude. I think it's so important to start myself off well in the morning. So I actually was very busy last week and I kind of skipped some days and I could tell by Friday I was a little bit more anxious than I would be. You know, just so I went straight into work rather than like give myself that time in the morning just to like, and for some people it's exercise, other people it's whatever. But I think that's so important because I've noticed is my mindset can trap me, it can inhibit me or it can propel me forward. And only my mindset can do that, no one else. And 
it doesn't matter what business coach you go to, it doesn't matter to what you do, if you don't work on your mindset and like accept it and let it in. Absolutely. And I have these conversations with so many people and, you know, generally men are pretty reluctant to do this kind of stuff. And, mm. you know, so I'm always kind of like, let's just give this a go. And, you know, 10 minutes later, they're like, wow, I'm so much more relaxed. And the, it is so powerful. And the whole idea is, you know, and I say this in most of the podcast, you know, it's a toolkit. So some will work, some won't. You take whatever works for you and use it. And if that works, you know, continue doing it, condition it, make a part of your lifestyle. You know, it's um, it's definitely something to dig into. And I wish we were doing it when we were at school, you know. Oh, my God, definitely. And like you say, it's it's, it's that tool. And it's, sometimes you think oh, I'll do it one week and I'm fine. And I noticed you're absolutely right. It's like a, and I think a muscle like or the gym, you have to keep going to get the results. There's not like, I'll do it once and I'm <laughs> fine. You know, it's continuous. Now I'm guessing, so like moving from Dubai back to Cavan can't be the most easiest thing. Tell me, um, tell me, how's it going? It's actually going really well. We had a week of sun. It's raining now. Um, but we had a week of sun there last week and it was amazing. I, to me, there's nowhere I'd rather be than Ireland when it's sunny. Two weeks of the year. It's really fantastic I what happened last year was I actually planned to buy in Dubai I was like no stand by love the lifestyle like I have an amazing group of friends and they're so wonderful and I you know we enjoyed my life there but my dad had a bit of a health scare while we were in Dubai and he ended up in hospital for about a week and I think it was sort of that realization like what are you doing like circa like you have you're very lucky you've got a business that's all online you can do it from anywhere you could do six months there six months here but I just was like craving that kind of base, I think. So I have a house, I had a house, I bought a house after Qatar in Cavan. So I said, you know what, now's the time to try and go back and like set up your life there. So it's not just visiting and going. So yeah, I made the decision then. I moved back around February, but I've been back to Dubai a few times since, but it's going really well. I'm so, I, I'm amazed by my family and friends, how amazing they've been. Like people have been so, when they say you're coming home and I, it probably is that. And it was all me where I was like, oh, I'm a bit of a failure moving home. Even though I'd nothing, I'd, I'd fail nothing. Like it's just that thing in your mind that you're like, I'm leaving Dubai. Like, gosh, you know, what people think at home or, you know, everyone was so lovely. Everyone was just like, so glad you're home. Everyone was like telling me, you know, introduced me to friends of friends. It also moved, it's just really lovely in terms of being back home. I definitely would say I don't watch the news <laughs> because that's a little, the news at home was a little bit fear mongery, I think. Um, so I kind of live my own bubble most of the time and just like connect with my friends and, and family. But it's there's actually loads going on and coaching and mentoring is becoming it's quite getting to be known now in Ireland, which is really amazing. Well-being, mental health. So it's quite an exciting place to be at the moment, too, while it's sort of like opening up a little bit. I think you think things aren't happening at home because you're away. That's what I thought. And actually, when I go back, I'm like, there's loads of stuff happening. Loads of cultural events, like really loads of stuff actually happening, which is great. I mean, it, it's where I live. You, you know where it is. <laughs> it's not like Dublin or Dubai or anything like that. But actually, it's just so lovely going back to where people know you and knew you from before you ever did anything else, apart from just be you. And that, that I love. You've just really put that beautifully, Sarika. And, um, you know, I think if we all could do it, we we, we would probably live both lives. You know, mm -hmm. it's such a shame it's so far away. 
and so expensive to 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 go back home and and, and come back over and stuff like that. You know, it's not as mm-hmm. so straightforward. But look, mm-hmm. you know, we all we all miss home, and you know, you're talking about the the weather and the rain and the sun and the whole lot. I'm actually in my element up the fields mm-hmm. in the rain on my oh. own. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. However, yeah. of course, you know, seeing that every day, it, it can't be easy. And, you know, for people in Ireland who, you know, who there's obviously lots of issues with, with you know, the economy and, and, you know, with government and stuff like that. And the, the weather is such a negative impact on so many people, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But um, it, it's great to hear that wellness and mental health is being, you know, is coming to the surface and has taken, you know, a bit of notice now. You know, what else is happening at home to maybe support this this area? I think people are really realizing you can't depend on our economy, you can't depend on the weather, and it's just sort of the, that sort of thing. Like, you have to help people and give them the tools to mentally cope with everything. Like, I actually feel really sorry for young people in Ireland because they're all getting the news. And there is a housing accommodation crisis. Like, I'm so thankful I bought my house a few years ago when I was after Qatar before the crisis, because I have so many friends who have the money, but just can't. There's nothing to buy. Right. They, I don't know how that could possibly happen, how you can't, I don't know, predict you know the population increase and then realize last minute, oh, there's not enough houses for everybody. Like that blows my absolute mind. But I, you know, I can't change it or anything. But I do feel really sorry for them because they're growing up in this era where they're like, oh, living wage, you know, the cost of living is too much. Oh, we got enough houses for you. And I'm like, am we expecting them to go on and try and be successful when they're being told that they can't even get their basic human rights covered accommodation and a, and a, and a, a job that pays you to a living wage? So I actually think it's so important. I think people are realizing like, gosh, we have to equip them mentally because unfortunately there's like, I would say there's like a lot of different issues that comes with peop- young people being lost. I, I can, you know, reading the paper and there's like different, like there's definitely impact on young people. And I think people are realizing, gosh, we have to like equip them well for that because it doesn't matter how many points they get in their exams. It doesn't matter if they're not help happy and if they're not fulfilled and they're choosing to go down, you know, abusing certain substances or whatever it might be or suicide or whatever it might be, you know, it's, you need to equip them because everything else doesn't matter. If they're not happy, it doesn't matter what else is going on or what they achieve if they're not happy, you know? So I think for that, as for me, has been really apparent. And also just people coming together in this time where it is a bit uncertain in Ireland and when it, there aren't enough houses and people are like back living at home, right? When they shouldn't be, but to no fault of their own. Like they went, they studied, they got their jobs, they've been saving, but they just can't get on the property ladder. So I think people are now like, gosh, what is important when you take away everything else? It's the human connection. It's our relationships. It's our friendships. I mean, I think in Ireland, loneliness is like, Ireland is number one. I don't know if you saw that, Kieran. Ireland was number one in like the loneliest country in Europe or as one or number one or two. People are so lonely, especially since COVID. Yeah, that's very sad to hear. And I know a couple of years ago, um, the suicide rates for young men were the highest in Cavan and Monaghan than anywhere in the country, you know. So it's, I'm a massive believer, Surika, that mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like this, you know, no. and we need to make sure that we we look out for each other and, you know, we need to make sure that we call into to our next door neighbor or ring our aunt or our, our uncle or mm-hmm. our friend, you know, we got to make the effort. It's very easy just to sit back and let this stuff happen. We got to make the effort. And mm-hmm. it's great that you're doing so much at home, Surika. And mm-hmm. so what is next for you then? I'm 
actually hoping to get into like Irish schools. Um, I'm doing for more career stuff at the moment. I know myself. I guess I didn't know myself, you know, back when I was younger. And so when you went to the advisor, probably was going like, tell me what to do. And they were like, I don't know. <laughs> and then I went into teaching or whatever I did. Um, and I don't regret it at all. And actually, that's one thing I would say, I meant to say that earlier on, when you were asking about being back home, moving back home and everything. Or for anyone listening who's thinking about moving abroad or changing career, like you make like there's so many chapters of our lives and you make the decision that's best for you at the time with the information you have and you can never regret it then because it mightn't work out but that's fine but the time with the information you had and how you felt that's the decision you made and that's absolutely fine nothing is permanent you know so they, like if they are abroad they don't like it they can always go back or you know nothing is ever permanent like um oh yeah so for me i'm going um, into schools. I really miss working with young people. That's one thing I miss about teaching. I love teenagers. I'm a secondary school teacher. I really miss teenagers. So I'm hoping to like work with them in kind of a more of a career, career coaching for young people um, sort of role. So that's my next step. Well, that sounds very exciting, Sarah. And I wish you all the best. And for our listeners out there, Sarah, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, perfect. So um, I have my my website, uh, Coil. Uh, dot com and I'm just going to check sorry I've got a I've got two Instagrams but the one if they're looking for career change it's beyond underscore class underscore careers that's a new one I set up recently and then I just have circle coil underscore eet is my normal Instagram for any teachers want to go abroad or want you know how to save more money that's where I am fantastic well sorry could look at um I love listening to tonight um, it's great to hear a Calvin lady talk and uh, it's great to be inspired and I hope all the, the young people and adults in Castle Tara and the whole of Ireland will be inspired by your story and I think what you said tonight on so many um, topics is so powerful so so well done to you and thank you for everything you're doing. No, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks a million, Kieran. <laughs>